2: This is the High Stakes Lowdown, a RotoViz podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Football Players Championship. I'm Eric Balkman from the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour and the FFPC. You can follow me on Twitter at Eric Balkman and the FFPC on Twitter at FFPC. Today, I'm speaking with Doug Widener, a high stakes fantasy football player that won three FFPC Dynasty titles as well as league championships in both the FFPC main event and Football Guys Players Championship all in the year 2019. His total career winnings in the FFPC total more than $40,000. In this episode, we discuss Stefán's new digs in Buffalo, what he would give up for Kenyan Drake in dynasty leagues, and the tears of the rookie running backs in the 2020 NFL draft and more. Before we get into the show, I want to remind everyone that you can get a listener's only 30% discount to a RotoViz NFL pass through the NFL podcast homepage rotoviz.com/podcast. Your subscription gives you unlimited access to all of the RotoViz content and tools, and it supports the podcast channel. Now, without further ado, here is $40,000 high stakes fantasy football winner, Doug Widener. Kicking off the month of April here on the high stakes lowdown on RotoViz, I am Eric Balkman and. Joining me tonight is a, by my count, five-time 2019 league champion at the Dynasty, Main Event, and Football Guys level, Doug Widener. Doug, welcome back. It's, It's good to have you. It's good to talk to you again, man.
3: Hey, Eric. Thanks for having
2: me. This is, I appreciate the opportunity. This is, well, I, listen, I appreciate you making some time for me here. I, I know we're all kind of cooped up in our houses, uh, respectively, across the nation right now. So we got yeah. some <laughs> time on our hands. It's, it's, it's crazy. But we're we're coming up on, on the NFL draft about, uh, about roughly three weeks away or, or, or so. Are you in total NFL draft mode? Have you been studying up on the rookies and, and everything? Or are you still reeling from free agency?
3: Yeah, I've, I've been doing a little bit of research and I've been following up a bit, um, but I'm definitely excited for the draft and that's a big part of the season for me.
2: We're gonna get into uh, to some rookies. I, you know, obviously this time of year we're we're all crunching uh, rookie numbers and, and grinding film and and what have you. But I want to talk to you first uh, about 2019. As I said, you won the league, uh, your league title in the FFPC main league title in the Football Guys Players Championship. Uh, You won three high-stakes FFPC Dynasty Leagues, so i got to ask you, was there a difference that you made in your approach and your strategy last year? Uh, Did you happen to get uh, a lot of players uh, on the cheap in your drafts? Did you happen to have some rookies that you had drafted in your Dynasty Leagues pay off? What was the difference? Why was 2019 Mm -hmm. such a big year for you?
3: Yeah, I think it's more just a continuation of an existing strategy, but it just happened to pay off well last year. So I uh, pretty much my focus last year was to focus on the positions of, of scarcity. And for me, that'd be tight end, that'd be running back. So if you look across a lot of these different teams, you'll see that usually I had a top tier tight end, whether it was Kelsey, Kittle, or Ertz. And I usually paired that with, uh, you know, a couple stud running backs within the first few rounds. And, you know, I found that strategy really kind of came to fruition last last year and paid off for me.
2: I think looking at the early drafts this year, I'm seeing um, uh, a lot of people going running back early. Uh, in fact, oftentimes two or three running backs early, and and a premiums being put on those top four tight ends uh, with with Kelsey Ertz, Andrews, and um, oh, who am I forgetting? Kelsey Ertz, Andrews, and uh, Kittle. Excuse Kittle. me. Um, and so I wonder, and I don't know if it's because wide receivers as deep as it has been in quite some time, and we're going to talk about the rookies, and this is an exciting crop coming into the NFL. Do you see yourself employing that again this year, when when a lot of other people might be doing the same thing, given the talent pool?
4: Yeah,
3: no, I I think I'll definitely stick with it. I think you you know hit the nail on the head there with you know wide receiver being a little more deep, and also I find wide receiver to be a little more volatile and i don't really have the stats to back that up but i think if you get one of these top tier running backs who's going to get volume in the running game and the passing game that uh, that adds you some real stability game to game
2: uh let's talk about that 750 number seven uh excuse me yeah 750 number seven league that you won last year in in the ffpc uh for dynasty one of your best receivers there Stephon diggs he's on the move he goes excuse me from the vikings Over to Buffalo, Uh, I think uh, if you talk to, or at least I've talked to a lot of high-stakes players that are always a little bit nervous uh, when receivers uh, shift teams, I I think... um that's true again this year. I'm seeing some some people talk uh, about um, shying away from DeAndre Hopkins in the first round. Certainly that would apply to Diggs as well. Are you looking to sell him right now uh, in that league, or is this a buying opportunity for Stephon Diggs?
3: Yeah, I, I think that's a fair thought line. Um, I would probably stick on the buyer side, though, still. I'm not selling Diggs. Uh, first of all, I think Josh Allen has really taken a, a meaningful step forward last year, and I can see that continuing through this year. And Stefan Diggs, I really view as a a special player. I think Allen, you know, as he continues to progress, and obviously he's got a little bit of that that gunslinger nature to him, I, I think you'll see him kind of throwing that ball down the field a lot more frequently than what we saw from Kirk Cousins last year. So I think from that perspective, it's going to be a better match for Diggs and Hopefully, you know, being an owner of of him and Dynasty, hopefully that turns out to be a a positive for him.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's ascending talents in Buffalo. Devin Singletary in the backfield, Dawson knocks up the seam, and obviously John Brown and Stephon Diggs can basically get by any corner in the league, too. So if Josh Allen opens it up and and if he improves his accuracy even a little bit, it could be a big year for everybody in Buffalo as well. Uh, in the in the uh, five hundred number seventeen uh, FFPC dynasty league that you also won, you have one of the newest Broncos uh, this season, Melvin Gordon. He's on your squad there. <clears throat> Excuse me again. He um, he goes to a backfield that already has Royce Freeman for now and Philip Lindsay, a guy who had been going in the fourth fifth round uh, of previous years, and honestly still going in <clears throat> in the fourth and fifth round of a lot of FFPC drafts so far. Have you been shopping Gordon? Um, is he being underrated by the dynasty community at this point that, that you know, was not excited ab- about his landing spot? How are you viewing Melvin Gordon specifically from a dynasty perspective?
3: Yeah, I mean, what I found of running backs, especially aging running backs, it's usually hard to get fair value or even, you know, near fair value for, for selling an aging running back like like Melvin. So I find myself often getting stuck with some of these aging running backs. I, I'm not as down on the landing spot. You know, I do think, you know, they were looking for someone, obviously, who could catch the ball a little better than Lindsey, who hasn't really added much value in that, that part of the game. So I think as long as, you know, Melvin has his legs and, you know, he proves himself in the in that context against Lindsey as well, he has an opportunity to retain that three-down role or even have more of a three-down role than he had last year, considering Eckler's kind of emergence and, and uh, you know, prominence in that sense. Um, so, you know, I, I don't have a solid answer here, but I'm sticking with Melvin for now, just okay. given the value that you could receive for him out there in the market.
2: On the flip side, I don't know if you own Philip <clears throat> Lindsay anywhere, but what would you be doing with him knowing that Gordon is, is probably going to be the, the leader in touches in that backfield, especially as you pointed out how, how – um, much more um, accomplished he is in the passing game than Lindsay was. And given that, you know, Melvin Gordon was a first-round pick and, and Lindsey was an undrafted free agent, and I understand, you know, they're on a much more level playing field right now uh, because both of them can play. But what would you be doing with Lindsay in Dynasty?
3: Yeah, I would be a little down on Lindsay. Um just on, based on the fact that it was clear they were looking for someone to either compliment him or, you know, take over for him. And with running back that doesn't get that kind of volume in the passing game, either you need, you know, significant volume in the running game or you need to be scoring touchdowns. So if Melvin and let's say Royce doesn't go anywhere, if both of those running backs are really cutting into that activity for, for Lindsey, it may be difficult to extract that third, fourth round, whatever value from him.
2: The team that the that Melvin Gordon just left, the Los Angeles Chargers, quite frankly, Doug, I'm not sure what they're doing in, in free agency. Um, you know, they, they sign these aging guys, like, you know, they get Brian Belaga, they trade for Trey Turner. I guess he's, he's not aging, but, I mean, he's not a, uh, young by NFL standards anymore. Um but then they let Rivers go, they let Gordon go, and then they give Austin Eckler all this money. So if you own yeah. Austin Eckler in Dynasty right now, certainly that gives you a warm, fuzzy feeling that they're going to pay him because they want to use him, obviously. But with Tyrod Taylor back in the back in the backfield taking snaps at the quarterback position, you think the Chargers are going to add a day one or day two running back to compete with Eckler, or is he a is he a goldmine, at least for the 2020 season?
3: I mean, it's quite possible that they do. Um... But I mean, if I was an Eckler owner, I'd be pretty happy. I'd be, you know, I'd be guessing that they don't. But you know, given the batch of running backs this year, I wouldn't be surprised by any team adding one.
2: You um, you also own Kenyon Drake on this same 500 number 17 team. Um, he's a guy that you know. Obviously, they traded David Johnson. They they might add somebody to that backfield. They they may not. I mean, I be they're going to add somebody to replace Johnson, and it could just be, mm-hmm. you know, a developmental guy. I'm saying when they add somebody. Is it somebody that's that's going to take touches away from Drake immediately? I'm not sure. In any event, if you own if you own Drake, what you do on that team? If somebody in that league offers you a first round pick and a second round pick this year in the rookie draft, would you say yes to that deal or would you
3: decline it? Uh, you know, I think that that first round pick is in the top half of the draft. I, I think I'd be tempted to take that. Um, you know, I, I'm. I'm looking forward to Drake having a a pretty solid year here and and being a valuable piece on that team. But like you said, I I don't have confidence that they're not going to add another running back. And, you know, so, you know, the value is high as it's probably ever going to be right now. And yeah, you could hold them and get a good year out of them. But if the value is there, I will trade them as well.
2: How do you view that, that Arizona team this year? Because, you know, Drake, obviously they're going to get him, um as their their main running back and they're going to give him all he can handle uh they bring in deandre hopkins you like to think kyler murray takes a step forward is there any buying uh opportunities for arizona or is it a selling opportunity to perhaps you know because there's been people saying you know now's the time to trade deandre hopkins you know the, the fact that he's going to a new team maybe his value takes a little bit of a hit this year developing chemistry uh, for, uh, um, you know, with, with Kyle Murray. How do you sort of view that situation as far as Arizona goes? Anybody that you're they're, you're trying to acquire there right now or conversely get rid of?
3: I mean, I, I think this is obviously a, a nice step for uh, Kyle Murray. Um, so I think, you know, it's a positive for him. Uh, tough read on Hopkins, like you mentioned. Obviously, Christian Kirk takes a little bit of a ding with Hopkins there. If he, you know, retains his kind of ball hog, uh <laughs> Uh, you know targets and all of that that he carried over from Houston. Um, like I said, I think Drake Drake will definitely have a good solid year in him. But yeah, I'm 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 on the fence. I, I don't know totally what to expect. I think it will be good good offensive. So I'm not like I'm not selling anybody, but I'm not necessarily buying anybody either
5: before we get into the second half of the show i want to let you know about our partners over at betonline.ag with currently no nba nhl or nfl or mlb or anything really in the sporting world going on at the moment you might be thinking there's nothing to bet on well you'd be wrong our exclusive partner still has hundreds of sports events and games to wager on or let them bring you to vegas with one of their online casinos and blackjack open 24 hours a day and all online including their $750,000 poker series and if you're into props or betting entertainment you can bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, the stock market, and everything, uh, even including the weather. And uh, those stocks—they are going up and down quite frequently at the moment, so a perfect opportunity to get involved there. Visit their website and join today to receive a hundred percent welcome bonus with your first deposit as a loyal podcast listener. Be sure to use the code BlueWire, all one word. Once again, that is BlueWire, all one word, for a one hundred percent sign-up bonus when you join BetOnline.ag. BetOnline, you're on. Online wagering experts
2: um, Nick Chubb came on as a rookie and the Browns drafted him um, he slipped in rookie drafts to like maybe the mid to to the early part of the second half of the of the first round of rookie drafts and it's obviously outperformed um, what a lot of people thought he would do um, it was a little bit different last year where he was off to this fantastic start and then Kareem Hunt uh, comes on, and I believe he was like running. He's in the top twenty or top twenty-five running backs, um, yeah. you know, last season, and he hardly played at all. I mean, he played basically less than half a year. You look at Kareem Hunt. It's, it seems like he's me back in Cleveland. How good of a buying opportunity exists for any dynasty owners trying to get Kareem Hunt right now? Um, and if, I, and I'll ask you this second part of that. If you own Nick Chubb, knowing that the Browns are, are going to, you know, probably be utilizing close to a fifty-fifty split in that backfield, is now the time to sell on
3: Nick Chubb. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough one. I mean, I'm definitely a fan of of Hunt. I've got him on a couple teams, and yeah, I've had some offers for him. I think I'd offer a, a second-round rookie pick for him, um, and I turned that down. Uh, like you said, he was a top twenty-five or so in PPR, and I, I think he's going to retain that um passing game volume uh in ppr Uh, in that sense you know not everyone you're going to have on your roster is going to be a complete stud it's going to be top 10 players so to have people that are uh, of that quality as a as a a flex in ppr is definitely you know sufficient for me and worth more worth much more than a second round rookie pick for that matter um for chubb yeah i wouldn't necessarily be selling him i mean like you said he's performed tremendously and you know, he's performed tremendously, even given the fact that, you know, someone's been eating into his, his passing game targets, you know, last season. So, uh, you know, I, I think both are, are, are great fantasy assets. I think Chubb's phenomenal. Um, but I'm definitely holding on to Hunt, and I look forward to putting him in the flex next year.
2: Who's the pass catcher to own on Cleveland? I mean, um, you know, they bring in Austin Hooper, uh, pay him a lot of money. I know it hurts, David and Joku. Odell Beckham had a down year last year. Jarvis Landry was kind of hit or miss, which is weird, um, given his role on the team. Normally, you'd think he'd be the more consistent one, uh, but but he had some some ones where he bottomed out, and he had some great games as well. Who would, if you could only own one Browns pass catcher between those four this year, and not dynasty, just this year alone, who would you be? Who would you be selecting?
3: Uh, I'd, I'd have to go with Odell. I mean. Yeah, you know, I know he had a down year, uh, but I've actually been buying Odell uh, only on one team really. But I picked him up, you know, at a at a, at a fair price, a discount. Um, and if I could get him on other teams in that same sense, I would definitely be doing that. You know, I don't think next, I don't think last year is necessarily a reflection of, you know, some downward trend that's going to continue to eat into this season or you know, get worse from here. I'm 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 feeling a bounce back. You
2: know, it's interesting because we talked about at the top of the show how wide receivers in their in their first year with a new team don't always live up to expectations. And you know, we we're you know, kinda of exploring the possibility, well will that happen with Diggs? Will that happen with Hopkins? I mean it's pretty clear that it happened with Beckham last year. So sure. Sure. I you know, and I'm almost wondering if I mean what what was it last year in your opinion? Why why was he you know, clearly he is as far as age or athletic athletically speaking He's not on the downward trend yet. What happened last year? Was it simply just a case of he and Mayfield didn't have enough time to build chemistry? Was it just the fact that Freddie Kitchens was the wrong fit? How do you read that situation? Why are you betting on a Beckham bounce back?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think there was a few things going against him last year. I think, you know, obviously there was that overconfidence going into the season. Uh, I feel like, you know, probably the chemistry was off between him and Mayfield. Uh, You throw in, I guess he had some, like, uh, some some surgery after the season, and he had said that there were some issues in terms of his core uh, throughout the season. So, you know, maybe not all of that is true, but maybe pieces are true. And if if those certain pieces get addressed and get fixed between now and next year, there's there's some bounce back potential.
2: Yeah, no, I'm with you. And and I, I it's funny because I only own him in one dynasty league, and um, I floated some uh some offers out uh just to see just to sort of gauge how the other people in my league are are feeling about him and and i think it's clear that uh apparently i still like becca more than they do because i couldn't find <laughs> i couldn't find any kind of um any kind of value um that that where i was willing to not give up on him, but part with him. Uh, Odell Beckham, is, as far as FFPC best ball leagues are concerned, he's actually dipped in ADP. He's going at the 401. That's as late as I've ever oh, wow. seen Beckham go since um, you know his his rookie year where he just came on like gangbusters. He's, he's the wide receiver 11. Now that is best ball, so typically the running backs will go higher. Um, it's sort of been the trend that we've seen this year. We're seeing 20 running backs actually go ahead. Of Odell Beckham when we get Mm -hmm. to classic drafts coming up in May and then obviously the football guys leagues and in uh in April and and um the main event I would expect him to go higher especially if he's making plays uh, in the preseason but yeah I certainly am you know I'm much I I just I feel like the real Beckham is much closer to what we saw his first two years in the league rather than what we saw in Cleveland last year
4: Uh,
3: I would definitely say the same I mean, Eli you know, man was horribly inaccurate, inaccurate when he was there, and he still did what he did. So, you know, I can only see some sort of bounce back in him. The...
2: Let's um let's shift to this year's rookie crop and and stick with the wide receiver position. There are a couple of undersized receivers who a lot of pundits have mocked uh, in the first round or the early second round in in a lot of NFL mock drafts out there. And the ones I'm referring to is uh, KJ Hamler out of Penn State and Jalen Rieger. Out of TCU. Now, their speed, uh, is, if it's not their best asset, it certainly is, you know, one of their top two or top three assets. I mean, both these guys are speed merchants and obviously are yeah. playmakers. How well do you think that, that these two players' skill set is, is going to translate to the NFL? And, and things to consider is, you know, normally if you're a, a, a big burner coming out of college, uh, there's not exactly a great track record of success in the NFL um, but there is, we is. We've we've also seen you can't just because of their size you can't write them off. You know we've seen guys like Steve Smith, Tyree Hill be extraordinarily successful receivers despite their size too. I'm wondering how, and I'm not necessarily saying Hamler or Rieger is the next Smith or Hill, but I'm just yeah. kind of curious as to how you think uh, they're going to fall in when they get to the to the next step.
3: Nah, I think you're completely right. Like it's 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 a tougher read, um, and definitely a, a portion of their value coming out of the rookie draft or coming out of the NFL draft into the rookie draft is going to be tied to their landing spots for me personally, if I'm thinking about wide receivers that are going to be there or going to be drafted at the end of the uh, first round of the true draft or the NFL draft um, and where I would take these in, in a, in a rookie fantasy draft, I think I'd be leaning more towards the uh, Justin Jeffersons or the Denzel Mims of the world than, than these two guys. But that's, that's my preference.
2: You know, I, I love Mims. I really like Jefferson as well. And, and you know, landing spot will obviously, you know, play a role into it. But I, I'm with you. I would rather have those two guys over these two. How do you view, like, the, the, the sort of, um, you know, the top half uh, or, or the elite, the quote-unquote elite receivers with Judy and with CeeDee Lamb and Henry Ruggs and T. Higgins and, and all those guys? Um, do you have a favorite uh, receiver in this draft at all, Doug?
3: I don't know if I'd have a favorite. I mean, obviously, Judy and Lamb are going to go one and two in terms of wide receivers, or at least that's what I assume is going to happen. I think, like, if right now, if you had to, you know, make me give you a third, I would actually go with Justin Jefferson. I'm not as high on rugs as other people are, and I, I, I'm, I'm pretty impressed by what I've seen of Justin Jefferson.
2: Yeah, no, I'm with but you me. on that. I'm with you on that yeah. for sure. Keep going.
3: No, I was just going to say, just in terms of the athletic profile and then the ability to run routes, and he seems he seems like the complete package to me.
2: I, you know, and just it's so funny because I was I was reading um, an article on the Athletic today um, about a um, they they put together a 32 team um, uh, college football playoff bracket tournament and and had their their college football writers play it out. So you're having like you know the 2014. Uh, Florida State team take on the 2017 Clemson team, you know, stuff like that. They seeded them all, and then they had their final four and their champ, and it was like five or six of them, uh, these writers that did it, and <clears throat> like four of them had the 2019 LSU team coming out on top, beating everybody else, and that and, and I feel like that offense was so prolific last year with Edwards-Hilaire and Burrow and Jefferson and all those other yeah, guys yeah. there. Um, it, it, it was very difficult for me. To get a good read on how good these players are, and I think I'm, <clears throat> I'm penalizing Justin Jefferson because it just was like an arcade, like it was like a video game offense that we saw there. And but I do think he is going to be special in the NFL. And I wonder, Doug, if if other draft nicks are penalizing Jefferson uh, as well because the whole offense was so great.
3: Yeah, no, I think that happens a lot though, and it, it, it's a fair, you know, way to look at things when you have such a a great quarterback and you have, you know, a receiver that performs really well. You wonder if one of them is elevating the other. And if, you know, that has somewhat muddied your ability to kind of analyze the two. So who knows, you know, that could be the case, but what I've seen so far, I, I'm like Justin Jefferson.
2: Yeah. To me. And, and I'm with you too. I, I think he's more of a complete guy than rugs uh, for sure. Even though uh, it seems like rugs gets a little bit more draft love. I, I think Jefferson is going to excel no matter where he goes. Um, talking about wide receivers here, a guy who got a lot of hype before the 2019 college football season uh, was LaVisca Chenault in Colorado. And he had injuries before that. He got hit by the injury bug again. And now he just had core muscle surgery uh, the earlier part of this month as well. Uh, I'm going to use him as the example for this question, but sure. do you have any trepidation about drafting players like him or him? How do you handle players in your rookie draft that, that have the talent that have the stats but they weren't exactly able to stay out of the training room
3: in college. Yeah. I don't put a ton of weight into injuries. You know, I find it's it's really hard to kind of predict injuries in the first place. And then to label someone as injury prone, uh, I find is problematic as well. That being said, if someone has, you know, a a reoccurring injury or a certain part of their body that seems to continuously break down or or something of that nature – that is something that I, I would give some weight to. But if it just seems to be like a random, you know, this time it's it's this part of the body, this time it's it's another part of the body, to then label someone as injury prone would be, you know, is not something I, I would really put weight into.
2: For Chenault specifically, do you like him better than, say, Hamler and Rieger? Uh, or is he on that same tier for you? Yeah, he's probably on
3: that same tier for me.
2: Okay, all right. So not, I mean, obviously not, he's, okay, so, and I'm not trying to put words in your mouth here, but you look at, like, the top tier, Judy, Lamb, Jefferson for you, and then after that, are you looking at, like, Ruggs, Higgins, um, there's somebody I'm leaving out, oh, uh, Mims, and then the next tier below that, Chenault, Hamler, Rieger, is that basically how you have them right now?
3: Uh, you know, I, I, Ruggs might even be a little lower for me there, Okay. Uh, maybe behind Higgins Higgins, Higgins and uh, Memes, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I mean that's a, a pretty fair assessment. I, I also like Donovan Peoples Jones, um, oh, so okay. he's, he's sneaking up there for me as well um, into that later group that you, you just discussed. But I might, you know, I might kind of snag him a little earlier than, than most people.
2: What what is it with Peoples Jones? Because I remember he was he might have been the top wide receiver cr- recruit um, in high school, and he, he signs with Michigan. They don't really have the greatest of quarterback play there, but then they get, and I, I can't remember the name uh, of the quarterback, the transfer they got from Mississippi who played there last year, um, and, and it seemed like you know you, you couldn't blame the quarterback play anymore, and he was still a little bit underwhelming. Why do you like him um, in the NFL? Is it just the value where, where you think you can get him in rookie drafts? Why do you think he'll be a successful pro?
3: Yeah, well, like you said, I mean, I don't think the quarterback play was great, for one thing. I mean, even last year, I think it was a little interact- inaccurate, but I mean, like, at the, at the the combine, in terms of his athletic profile, that that really stuck out as well. I think he was on the top end of, of spark scores, and, you know, just having watched him last year, I, I didn't think he was necessarily as, as I, I'm not as low on him as some people are, just to put it that way.
2: Shay Patterson, that was who I was. Everybody's screaming uh, at their devices right now. That was who the, <laughs> the quarterback was. But yeah, I mean, you know, Donovan Peoples Jones. He ran a four four eight at the at the combine in the forty. He's 6'2", 2-12, So to run the forty uh, with, you know, at that time at that size, uh, obviously pretty good. And he, um, he, you know, he he doesn't drop a whole lot of passes. Uh, you know, so if he's getting open and he's you know he's got a confident quarterback. Um, you know, he could put up uh, some pretty good numbers. And the other thing I always liked about him too, you always saw him on special teams as as far as returning kicks. And he just, he looked like he just had a natural feel of what to do when he had the football in his hands and space. Uh, so I, you know, I like him quite a bit too, maybe not as much as you, but I think he's a sneaky guy that a lot of people forget about because we don't necessarily consider the big 10 as a, as a wide receiver hotbed, but somebody might get a pretty good deal on people's Jones as uh, we move forward here uh, with FFPC rookie drafts coming up in just over a month, um, we've been talking a lot of receivers here, Doug. Let's let's switch off to, to running back. There's a lot of people excited about what seems to be a big five: uh, Cam Akers, J.K. Dobbins, Clyde uh, edwards hilaire DeAndre Swift, Jonathan Taylor, no particular order. Um, but after that, I don't I don't see or hear as much love for guys like Zach Moss or Keshawn Vaughn. How do you assess that that top tier? Uh, versus the next tier for rookie rushers. Is it a significant drop-off, or is it um, not as big as, as the way I'm, I'm sort of uh, formulating it here?
3: No, I, I think you're right. I think it's a, a fair tier drop, and I think you know outside of those top few that, that you've mentioned, you know, I'll probably be targeting some wide receivers at that point. Um, I would think for me personally, if I think about my tiers for running backs, I would have Taylor Swift and Dobbins up there in, in kind of an elite tier or, or a top tier, if you will, and Akers and Edwards Hilaire falling there shortly after. Um, Akers and Hilaire wouldn't have been there for, for me in my in my top tier um, initially, but, I, you know, they really added some value in my eyes. Again, speaking of the combine in terms of, you know, what they showed there and and maybe, you know, thinking of Akers specifically, um, Ak- well, yeah, Akers specifically, the, the, the line that he had in college and the uh, kind of opportunities he had in college might not have been there, so. I'm I'm kind of he's growing on me a little bit lately
2: I like him quite a bit I'm a big Florida State fan and I was so excited when the Seminoles signed him and then proceeded to do nothing with that offensive line no they did they did do something with that offensive line they ignored it and it was and it was it was atrocious not only for him but the quarterbacks never had time to throw either so it was a really bad Florida State offense and what he was able to churn out I mean he did on his own that wasn't anybody else so I like him quite a bit what's with J K Dobbins because I've noticed this and I've talked to a couple of players about this he was always like in the big three and I think he still is for most people. Yeah. Um, but he seems to be third. Uh, I, I don't know anybody who's got Dobbins as their number one running back. Uh, it seems like people are usually a Swift person or a Taylor person, and then Dobbins is usually third on that list. And I've seen him even fall further than that. Is that a mistake for for Dynasty players to make? Are we are they missing the boat if they let if they start selecting guys like Akers or edwards Hilaire ahead of Dobbins?
3: No, I don't think it's necessarily a mistake. I mean, I, I think Tom Dobbins, you know, he's, he's definitely a solid run back in all aspects of the game. And maybe the thing that's kind of scaring people away, from, not necessarily scaring people away, but maybe the reason people are leaning towards some of these other backs is if you think about a Taylor or Swift or even an Akers, you know, there's some real special qualities that they can really pick out and say, oh, this is something that they're really, you know, this is their, their thing. Whereas Dobbins, you know, he's good in the kind of, the downhill running game, he's good in the, the, the receiving game, um and he's a solid all round back, but maybe he doesn't have that, you know, aspect of him that makes him as flashy as some of the other picks.
2: Doug, rookie draft picks this time of year, they're gaining more and more value uh as far as what we see them going for in dynasty trades. Are you a fan of of you know holding on to them and then swapping them out for proven veterans, uh given the value that you can get for them this time of year? Or are you more likely to take the, you know, a lot of people call it the mystery box, you know, the, the rookies, the unknowns. We don't know how good these players are going to be in the pros. Uh, and you could have them for your entire career if, if you draft them, uh, the right ones in the rookie draft. How do you usually fall in on that? Uh, Trading yeah. the rookie pits or, or using them?
3: Well, I mean, I definitely think a veteran that has, um, you know, a proven kind of, uh, background or a proven value within fantasy is worth more than rookie picks. Uh, rookie picks are definitely a a risk and, you know, the the odds of actually hitting on rookie picks is, is fairly low. But that being said, I, I don't typically trade my rookie picks that often because I view the rookie draft as one of the funnest parts of the year. And I kind of like that, you know, challenge of taking some of those shots and trying to hit and, you know, for me, that's one of the most enjoyable parts of the year. So, Despite the fact that I might view veterans as maybe worth a little bit more than than these picks, I usually retain most of my picks.
2: I, yeah, I I'm with you, and I've done it both ways. I I um I've done it where I um uh, end up um trading the picks away uh for for veterans, and and it's fine, and it's worked out, and it's blown up in my face. I mean, both ways. Um, but yeah, the rookie draft, man. Then it gets so depressing when you have no. You have no bullets to fire. Yeah, it's like exactly. being at the shooting range with an empty rifle. It's just, it's, yeah. it's no good. Um, but I've done it too. Where I've, I've, you know, this is one of the years. One of my dynasty leagues, I kind of, I tried to rebuild last year, and I ended up making the playoffs, which was really unbelievable. Um, but I have, I think, six picks in the top. 21 i think six of the top 21 picks i have this year so i'm very excited to use them but then that that it goes to like okay well now nah, you got you know you got to hit on some of these picks otherwise you know you're just <laughs> sure. you're just treading water and, and and not going anywhere so um it's always fun it's and it's always uh you got to suss it out it's a finesse thing trying to it's an art really and knowing um uh, you know when to accept the deal uh, for the picks or or against the picks and, and move on from there um Final question for you before I let you go, a rookie, or excuse me, a rookie that will be a dynasty bust this season. I know we kind of talked, uh, talked about Henry Ruggs a little bit. Um, and then a, conversely, a prospect that you think you'll be targeting uh, in the second or third rounds of, of your FFP. You could probably get people's Jones in the second round of your FFPC rookie draft. Is there somebody else that you might be targeting as well?
3: Yeah. I mean, I, I think you hit on it for me there. I mean, Henry Ruggs, if I have to pick one of the top guys or one of the guys getting the most attention, is probably the one that I'm fading. Uh, and then Donovan People Jones, in terms of getting him in the second round is, or you know, in mid to late second round at that, is is someone that I'd be looking to target. Um,
2: I, I, let me let me ask you this real quick. I um, we we it's we, this is basically an FFPC podcast. Uh, the FFPC, which awards a point and a half for tight ends, and we have not, like, you know, the, being known as the tight end league, we haven't talked tight ends at all. This basically this entire podcast, uh, I am sort of ignoring them in in rookie drafts this year. There's not anybody I'm I'm super excited about. How about you? Is there is there a tight end that you'd be looking at? Obviously not not early, but but you'd be looking at acquire, uh, or is it just a year to avoid the position?
3: Yeah, there's there's no one that sticks out for me at tight end to be honest. There's no one that's really. Um, that I've got kind of on my short board that I'm looking to target this.
2: Doug, you have uh, you have had yourself a fantastic 2019. I have no doubt that you are going to continue that into 2020. Um, three Dynasty League Championship titles that you'll be defending this year. Uh, best of luck to you. Uh, thanks so much for joining me this week, and we'll talk again real soon,
3: dude. Uh, no problem, thanks.
2: rotoviz.com slash podcast.